welcome. This is Social Media Blues, and I'm your hostess, Elsa Figueroa, and this is episode two. Okay, episode two, 2019. Welcome to 2019. Happy New Year. Um, I hope that you've all had wonderful holidays and that you've enjoyed yourselves plenty. It's interesting because when I was living in the States, I, I lived in California for eight years. I just moved back to Puerto Rico last year in 2017. Uh, well, actually, no, not last year, the year before last year. <laughs> anyway, 2017. And one thing I had not understood and that I managed to understand after living there for that time was that actually Christmas for Americans ends on Christmas Day. Like there's Thanksgiving and then there's there's um, Christmas Eve and then there's Christmas Day, the 25th, and then that's it. And then separate from that, they celebrate New Year and they just happen to be contiguous, but it's not, it's not like all of it is Christmas. Whereas in Puerto Rico, we have the longest Christmas in the world. Christmas starts on Thanksgiving because as a U.S. territory, mm -hmm. Thanksgiving is celebrated here as, as a cultural import. And then we go through all of December. So that's Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. And then New Year's is part of Christmas, January 1st, then We celebrate the Epiphany, which is January 6th through King's Day, which is coming up on Sunday. And after that, we continue Christmas because that's not enough, of course. We love the hell out of Christmas. So we have like a whole Christmas menu, very specific meals and drinks and desserts that we eat. We, you can eat them throughout the year, but mostly, you know, they're associated with, with Christmas. So... Um, we enjoy all of that, the food, the music, the celebratory spirit. So we love to continue Christmas. So continue, we continue on to, um, what we called Las Octavitas, which is, uh, Octavitas means, uh, like it comes from eight, so eight days. So another eight days stacked on. And then some people think that, the celebrations of San Sebastian Street on in Old San Juan, which is kind of like a, a street festival, sort of, sort of um, fiestas patronales, they are called in, in Spanish. Um, they are also part of Christmas, and it's like a huge street party. You just go to um, Old San Juan, uh, particularly the, the focus is on this particular street called uh, San Sebastian, and you just there's like artisans everywhere you can shop like till you drop till you literally drop like you can walk and walk and you see so many things crazy all sorts of crafts all sorts of art and uh, there's music there's live music um going on it goes on all night all day and there's food and there's dancing and It's just craziness. Like street party starts on a Thursday and it's on a Sunday. Just go on and on. So I always tell people, if you want to come visit, come visit in January because it's the best time. It's not too hot. You can still go to the beach. And there's all this stuff going on. And then after that, it used to be tradition to celebrate the 25th, 
which is the Candelaria, which is when you would supposedly light your Christmas tree on fire to just kind of close off Christmas. So that's like basically two months of Christmas right there. Traditionally, I mean, not everyone, so like I've never burned a Christmas tree, I don't think. I don't think it's legal anyway, but it's part of the tradition in, in the mind, in the cultural imagination. So yeah, that's Puerto Rican Christmas. So if you definitely want to have a good time and you want to come visit Puerto Rico at any time um, during Christmas, uh, then that's that's the best time, definitely. So anyway, moving on. Um, so it's still Christmas, going to be Christmas for quite a while. We still got almost a month ahead of us, which is exciting. Um, so anyway, today's topic is my social media detox. And I'm going to talk about what it is, why I'm doing it, and, and how I, I went about it. So the social media detox is... A specific a specific time in which I don't I'm not supposed to use any social media um, I mostly use Facebook and Instagram but I also included Pinterest because there were specific behaviors that I wanted to look at that also involved Pinterest so I I included those three and for these two weeks starting on December 22nd which was a Saturday I would get off of social media and I'd use them. And the reason I doing, I'm doing this, well, there's several reasons. First of all, one, I wanted to take a complete break from things that taxed my mind. I'm going through my notes here. Excuse me. Um, yes, so... Social media is taxing for the brain. It can just get you into this whole way of thinking it can get into this um, internal dialogue that sometimes is not so beneficial especially if you're looking to rest and replenish and and refocus and I noticed that I was using my social media apps a lot and that was leading to some increased levels of anxiety well duh because that's how I, that's the reason I, the whole reason I created this podcast is because social media can be unmanageable sometimes emotionally. So um, definitely that's no surprise there. And I wanted to take these two weeks to truly, truly step away from all the things that normally cause me levels of stress, even if they are exciting things like dance, even if they are uh, fulfilling in other ways, like my studio business, I still wanted to take a break to allow my system to just sort of step away from all of that and exist in this sort of bubble of minimal input and minimal information processing and minimal decision making so that I could reset. There's several things that our brains do that we do throughout the day that consume a lot of energy and can if we don't take proper rest from them even if they are fulfilling and enriching can still tax our systems one of those is decision making so our brain's decision making ability is not infinite it is finite you can tax your brain overtax your brain and decision making is something that we're using all the time 
especially nowadays, when you go to the store and you have to choose between not two products only, but five different products within similar price ranges and, and different and, and similar labels and similar ingredients, but there's few, a few things that are different. And what do you make your decision based on price, health uh, concerns, ingredients? What do you want to base your decision on? And you want to be a con an informed consumer and you want to be healthy, but you're in a hurry and you want to be uh, financially savvy and you just need to get this in your card so that you can just move on to the next thing and multiply that by however many products you need to choose from. And that, that can be overwhelming over time. So when you're on social media and you are scrolling through your feed, um, you're also engaging in this decision-making process. Of course, you are deciding what to stay and watch a lot of the time, if it's video, If you're going to read that article, you're sort of cataloging in a way. Um, you, you're parsing all this information and deciding what to do about it. And you're doing it at very high speeds. And I don't think the brain is meant to be doing that constantly in a very focusedly on, on a, a regular basis. Um, actually, um, it reminds me a little bit of what we do as... Um, Simultaneous interpreters where you are listening to information and you're processing the information, uh, decoding, and then decide making decisions about how to recode it. And it's happening at extremely high speeds, nanoseconds, of course. Um, you're making choices about what to leave out, what is important, how to repackage something. Um, you're searching for that word in your memory banks and of course you train to be able to do this very quickly but still this task is so taxing that simultaneous interpreting happens in partners um, if it's for example a long conference then you don't want to go on doing it for more than 30 40 minutes at the very most at the very most um So we usually switch off after 20, 25 minutes, depending on the speaker. If it's a very fast speaker and the content is very technical and difficult, we will switch off after 15 minutes because this is so overwhelming for the brain that you cannot really do this for long stretches of time. And that sort of, I think, that sort of parsing, cataloging um, and decoding, repackaging, deciding what to filter out, what to keep in, Um, is happening while we're on social media and then we're having all these emotional responses is the problem. Like there's things that are meant to trigger our emotional buttons so that we'll go and buy something. So, I mean, it's, it's overwhelming and all of this is happening very quickly at very high speeds and, and you have to, to be able to manage it. And so it's just not... It's, it's not very good for your um, energy and, and mental and emotional resources. People overestimate their multitasking ability. They grossly overestimate it. I used to, years ago, sit and watch TV while um, doing work that I thought was not, did not really require a lot of focus. Um, maybe desktop work or little things that didn't really require a lot of brain power. And 
I thought that I was paying attention, but when you asked me about the details of what I was watching, I I couldn't really tell. Like it was just a fog in my brain. So this happens a lot where people will be watching a movie or a show and at the same time they're scrolling through Pinterest or through Facebook, reading it. Like I've seen people reading an article on Facebook while also watching a movie. That is just mind-boggling. And and people do it all the time. Um, Or they're at work and they're constantly checking their phone. And so I would just wonder... The the people don't realize that they're not really paying attention. That's how a lot of car accidents happen. They overestimate the amount of time that has passed. They overestimate or they underestimate the amount of time that has passed. They overestimate their their ability to focus on different tasks at the same time. And I've read somewhere that actually multitasking is one thing that your brain doesn't get better at over time. It gets worse at it. The more you do it, the worse you're at it. So I think there was a study done where they gave people who were chronic multitaskers a task to multitask and they did worse than people who were not chronic multitaskers on the multitasking task because your brain just sort of gets burnt out on multitasking, I guess. Um, This is not super scientific, but I I know I read about that study somewhere. So I I really needed time away from from it all to just kind of also put everything back in perspective because when you're stuck in social media world, there's this sort of high school weirdness that, that gets triggered and you are very involved in this limited group of people, if you notice, if you count the people that you're really interacting with on Facebook, it's not a lot of people. It's very few people. And it's always the same people. I noticed this a while back when this one uh, friend kept popping up on my feed and, and, and she was posting a lot. So I was like, wow, she's everywhere. But it's, it's an illusion. It's just because of how much I've interacted with her page or, or my interests, whatever else Facebook uses in its algorithm to determine what you get to see when you open your page. Um, And so, but it just felt like this person was popping up a lot. And it was like, when I started to really think about how many people am I interacting with on Facebook, um, it's not a lot. And then, and on a regular basis, I mean, I mean, and then, um, it's funny because these aren't people that I interact with a lot in, in outside of, of social media. And I'm not even interacting with them in any real sense in social media. I'm just liking their posts, maybe leaving a comment or something. And maybe they will comment um, every now and then on my stuff. But it's not like real sit-down conversation, of course. It's Facebook. So... It's, it's very, um, it creates this sort of weird dissonance with you where you're not really having a relationship with this person, but you feel like you are. And I'm not so sure that that's a very good thing. There's just sort of this, this lack of intimacy in the relationship, but still the person is foremost and, and, and yet you're not really part of their lives in any way and they're not really part of your life in any way. So it, it creates this weird anxiety that I'm not sure how to how to explain. Hopefully in the future I'll find more I'll find out more about that specific uh, phenomenon.
So for all these reasons, I decided to just drop out. And there has been one instance where I have used Instagram again before my prescribed um, end, which is next Monday, January 7th. Um, and that is because um, one of my teachers, Mirabet, is doing a 30-day dance challenge. And she started on January 1st. And it's on Instagram, so I wanted to get in on that. I will record my videos. I've been recording my videos. And then I go on Instagram very quickly. And without looking at anything, I just post a video and I leave. And I don't look at anything. I'm not allowed to look at anything. And it's actually not that hard to do. But that's the only thing, like I've been there, but I'm not really engaging with Instagram in any way. I just open it, post the video and leave as fast as I can. And um, this leads me to another another thing that I wanted to talk about. And that, that is what I have found out um, in the time that I have been doing this. And that is that I've noticed that I'm whipping out my phone less, especially in situations when I normally would have done so because I'm bored or I'm feeling uncomfortable or I have to wait for something. So normally, you know, we whip out our phone in, in like when we're waiting in line or when something's going on that is not interesting. Often, you know, we get notifications and you, you take out your phone to check them out, but in general, um, sometimes there's no reasons. A lot of the time, there's no real reason, pressing reason why we should be taking out our phone, especially to be on social media. And it just becomes like a habit. It becomes like a tick, almost like a nervous tick where you take out your phone in response to some stimulus or something that is happening out in the world that for some reason is not satisfying. So I have been doing that a lot less and actually I've noticed that even though often I used to take out my phone to look at social media to entertain myself because I thought that I was going to be bored, I, I have found myself being less uncomfortable in those situations. So in situations where I have to wait for something to happen or I'm sitting somewhere waiting for to be called, I, I find the experience of sitting and waiting less uncomfortable than I did when I had my phone. Um, like waiting feels less uncomfortable now than when I was using social media. Um, so that's definitely a, an insight that I'm hoping to carry over in the future because I, it's just like in, in interesting data, an interesting point of data that I want to examine more and I'm just I feel like my energy levels my focus levels have gone up I have more resources to devote to whatever activities I choose to do and of course right now I'm in this sort of bubble where there's not a lot of stuff going on I'm not I don't have a huge workload I'm not managing the business so it's it's kind of tricky but it just speaks to this idea of creating space to do, allowing yourself space to do things and how social media impinges on that space in one way or another. So, for example, if you sit to study or 
perform a particular task that maybe you don't enjoy so much. Um, when social media is available, it's very easy to procrastinate and distract yourself. When it's not available, then you just have to sort of work through that resistance, that initial resistance that we often have, especially when we don't want to do something, and and just work with it and, and just try to focus on doing the, 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 the task and taking the necessary breaks and just working with yourself to get yourself through that difficult moment. So, yeah, that's, that's what I've been able to find out. And um, the question now remains, uh, in how, how do I follow this up? It's like, how am I going to approach social media differently in the future? What, how am I going to use what I've learned to make my relationship with social media better in the future? That is the question. What is the return strategy after this detox? I don't know yet. I think that the key is going to lie in scheduling things again, in making sure that, okay, I separate things out. This is the time when I go in to do my social media management stuff and then I leave. And, you know, I interact and whatever because you also have to interact, but I don't make it accessible all the time. So maybe I will leave my at least my Facebook account uninstalled, but I don't know because I, I do a lot of, again, I, I have to be there. So I don't know, it's tricky. It's kind of tricky, but I will see how I can control a little bit my usage of social media in the future and, and definitely continue to do detoxes, even if it's mini detoxes. And I encourage you to do the same, to go however many hours a day without it um if you it depends on your usage if you're someone that's a heavy user that's that's spending out two hours on a day on social media then maybe try to go six hours without using it at all and see what happens and then increase that to one day the weekend whatever just kind of schedule it it, it has to be something very intentional it has to be intentional for it to actually function and observe what happens during that time. Are you antsy? Are you nervous? Are you anxious? Do you have FOMO? What is going on? And observe that and, and use that information for the future. I guess that's the only way that we're going to be able to handle it better um, moving forward. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that this has been helpful somehow and, and that maybe has inspired you to do your own detox. Um, I hope to hear from you if you have any questions or requests for topics or anything that you might like to share. The email for this podcast is socialmediabluespodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is socialmediabluespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. 